Hey listeners, this is Christy Powell with Women Talk Construction. I have with me today Angela, our co-host with Hill Electric and Jennifer Todd with LMS General Contractors. Jennifer is a law lover and I think a lot of her and I said a word I don't say very often, but I really am very interested in women in law. So I did call myself a fangirl earlier today, which I don't know that I would admit a lot. But one of the reasons that we've asked her to come on the podcast today is because she's an impactor, which means she's more focused on helping others and making our industries a lot better place than she is focused on herself. And we really love that. That's Angela and I's heart. Yes, it is. One of the things that we talked about, she loves tasking people with a thought to change. So as you know, in our industries and non-traditional careers, the thought to change is very important and things aren't equal. All things affect everyone in a different way. And that's one of the things that she is very passionate about. And she's passionate about representation and culture. So I'm going to let Jennifer introduce herself a little bit better because she can tell us a little bit more about her passions than I can. And we're really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have with Jennifer today. Thank you so much for having me on uh, your show. I'm so excited to be here today. If I were to introduce myself, I would say I am a unicorn. And so I am an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a business owner. Uh, I have a demolition and environmental services company, LMS General Contractors. I'm the founder of A Greener Tomorrow, which is a nonprofit geared toward uh, minorities and women and just creating awareness, education and opportunities for them in the skilled trades and construction industry. And I often go online and rant a lot about the things that I don't like about the construction industry because I can't be fired. So, uh, so I'm <laughs> fearlessly doing that. So that that's how I would describe myself. Uh, for others, it could be, you know, NER top 25 newsmaker or uh, being the first uh, black business owner on the cover of construction uh, business owner magazine top 20 under 40 or uh, ASCE uh, industry leaders council board member. So I am just out here in the construction world, living my life and trying to get more people who look like me into this industry. I love it. And that's really why we started the podcast. So we love that you are pursuing your passion and helping more women and, and minorities get into the construction industry. We definitely need them. And we need them for a lot of reasons. I just love hearing different perspectives from different people that have come from different places and grown up differently than myself. I think that those perspectives make a lot of difference in the kind of people that we end up being, right? And how we treat others as well. So I love to hear that. So tell us a little bit more, Jennifer. You were rattling off some statistics earlier (laughs) that I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let's say that on the podcast. Do you mind sharing some of those stats with us regarding that post that you posted yesterday on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, yesterday I posted about the construction industry basically has a branding issue and so much of the labor shortage is attributed to the lack of diversity and inclusion. We have a lot of employees that are aging out of the industry. But one thing has remained a constant, and that's the fact that the construction industry kind of ignores 
5% of the population, which happen to be women, and it's marketing and it's hiring and it's retention efforts. And yet the labor shortage is almost at 1 million people. And so what are we doing about that? And how are we restructuring ourselves and our businesses to be uh, more inclusive to the majority of the population, which is women? And so uh, I, I have some concerns about that, but I also have solutions about it, too. We would love to hear those yeah. solutions, wouldn't we, Angela? Yeah, I want to hear them. <laughs> I bet the audience does too. Yes, <laughs> and so that kind of that kind of goes into what we spoke about a little earlier. In it's about changing the mindsets of the people that we're working with. I.e., the majority of the people are men. Instead of creating that focus for women to change and you know adapt and acquire the skill sets. Yes, those things are important. But what we also need to be doing is creating change within the males in the industry. There should be programs and training and courses for males in this industry to take so that they know how to behave, that they know how to learn to work with women, and uh, we can get further ahead. The other thing is that workplace, you know, the workplace culture, when we talk about that, where are the women in the key decision-making places? And I'm not talking about DEI. I'm not talking about human resources or being the general counsel or head of marketing. I'm talking about within the industry, making the strategic decisions, the CFO, the CEO, the president, the lead board member. Those are the places also where the change is going to happen. And so you can't have those changes when you don't have the people uh, represented. And right now, uh, we definitely have a lack of representation within the construction industry. So you own your own company. I have a question. How are you doing that? Obviously, you're the owner and you get to make those decisions. But when it comes to hiring, how do you put together a plan for hiring and making sure that all of those folks look differently? Well, I'll tell you an interesting thing, and that's a great question. What I've learned and what I've seen in the 15 years that I've been in the industry is that people often relate to people that they identify with. Mm -hmm. And as a Black woman in the industry, it is not uncommon for Black women to ask me for a job because they can see Uh. themselves. Ah, yeah. At the same time, it's not uncommon for Black men to ask me for a job because they can see themselves. And so... One thing that LMS has never struggled with is people. Um, nice. People call yeah. all of the time asking for jobs. I mean, from the United States to India to Africa, I have people calling me, reaching out to me every single day. But also for me, it's important to hire the best people and it doesn't matter about their race yeah. or gender. And so uh, we have Asian, we have white, we have black, it, you know, We've had Indian uh, workers, so we've had men and women. So it doesn't matter about the race or the gender. It's about, are you the best at what you do? Mm-hmm. It's not even about age because um, my employees, I have employees that are definitely much older than me. And, but it's about, can you get it done? Right. What construction is mm-hmm. about, it's about results. You know, one of the things that I've, I've heard, and I haven't seen it, and I don't know why I haven't seen it because I am in my 50s, but I've heard recently that some of the bias that we're seeing in non-traditional careers has been about not hiring some of the older folks. And 
I don't know how we can focus on that when the older folks are the ones that are the majority of the actual skilled trades, men and women in the field. So have you seen or heard a lot about those statistics? I haven't. I can't say that I'm familiar with the statistics, but what I can say is that there is a a little bit of ageism uh, bias when it comes to hiring older workers because it's the perception of can they keep up or Mm. physically fit. And then there's also uh, the negative connotation of having bad habits. Mm. You know, generally when you start talking about OSHA, they don't like change. (laughs) I did read a study that said, I think after the age of 40 or 45, your core uh, fundamental values and what you believe, they don't change. They may, uh, you may adapt to some changes, but ultimately who you are at the core remains the same. Mm, Interesting. And you're hiring someone that's 50 plus and they're like, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way it is, you know, then how is that going to fit into your workplace? Not to say everyone's like that, but I mean, you know, if we're talking about that, talking about change, because the construction industry has changed and Mm -hmm. it will continue to change. We've seen advancements in technology. We've seen advancements in workplace culture. We've seen advancements when it comes to how the actual work is being done, the equipment being used. And so it doesn't matter what we do in life. We can never remain the same. We always have to continue to evolve. That's that's just the reality of, of, of life. Well, if we're not growing, we're sitting still, right? Yeah, yeah. Who wants that? <laughs> not me. Groundbreak Carolinas is focused on connecting the design, construction, economic development, and commercial real estate communities in the Carolinas. Their wide range of exclusive content and thought leadership is intended to help design and construction related businesses be successful. Groundbreak is the only platform that reaches key AEC decision makers and influencers in our two-state region. Visit groundbreakcarolinas.com and be sure to sign up for our free bi-weekly newsletter. You know, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm wondering, since maybe Jennifer, you can mention something around this that you're doing within your company, but since it is kind of the Mental Health Awareness Month, and I think suicide prevention in you know, our industry is just, has got so much of that. And I think a lot of it sometimes too is just the burdens we carry and we're always pushed to do more than we can. And well, you know, we can go down the whole list, but I've seen a lot of your messages on social and I feel like in the backdrop, you're really, you know, you're addressing those mental challenges, like the work-life balance, all of that. How are you dealing with this month and the mental health within your company or on social? Yeah, uh, September is uh, mental health month. And I think the one key difference when it comes to working with women is, is that we are more empathetic in situations. And so we dial in more into your family life and how you're feeling and what you're thinking. And I have seen just with my male employees that they communicate much differently. Our vice president is a male. And so we can have a conversation with the same person and have two different conversations. Last week, we met with someone and he says, oh, well, 
I said, well, he's gone on vacation. He said, oh, he told me. I said, yeah, his whole family, he's taking his whole family 17 days. And he's like, what? When did you, when did you, when did you guys have that? He never, I never knew his wife. Mm-hmm. He had eight kids and this and that. And so um, I think that that's one of the things that's overlooked when it comes to working in a male dominated industry. It's just this uh, persona of get it done, get it done, get it done. Where uh, for me uh, in my company, I always want to know, how are you doing? Because mm-hmm. I understand that there is oh, yeah. outside of work. And how can you bring your best self to work if you're going through a divorce or your wife is on uh, is having a baby or, you know, you're in the process of moving or your mother's sick with cancer? How can you bring your best self to work when you have all these challenges at home? You can't. Right. And you want to be able to support that too, right? Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. And we spend so much time at work. And so if you're spending so much time at work, how are you able to muster through the day? And for me, it's just a matter of checking in with people. You know, if you are a leader or manager in any capacity, you should be taking the time to check in with people. If you see that they don't seem like themselves, even if they do, Ask them how they're doing, ask them how their families are doing, you know, encourage them to take the time that they need off, you know, for the mental health days or the day off, whatever it is to address those issues so that they can bring themselves to work. We actually had an incident um, some years ago where one of our supervisors, he had a minor heart attack at the job site, not literally Mm -hmm. at the job site, but on an out of town project. And he refused to call his wife and tell her. And we're mm. like, no. <laughs> and so the men collectively decided, okay, we're, we're not going to say anything. We're just, we're, he says he doesn't, it's his business. He doesn't want, you know, his wife to know. I called his wife. I didn't care. Are you <laughs> No. And he's like, he was in the hospital and everything. Don't call my wife. Don't call my wife. She's going to send me home. Like home is where you need to be. Yeah, and he was very upset about uh, me calling his wife, and very upset that we sent him home. But it's like, it's just a job, <laughs> right? Know? It's just there. We'll have another project. Take the time that you need. Uh, you're not being fired. Just do what you need to do to put your physical health first. So important. That's great that you did that for him and his family. It is great. Angela has a, a similar story. It's kind of cute. She used to keep candy on her desk. <laughs> And that's how she got to ask people how they were doing because they always stopped by to pick up some candy. So I really loved that. So I knew she was smiling when you were talking about, you know, getting to know your employees. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, it's not even a matter of like, oh, it's the feel good thing. It's the right thing to do. It's like, why would you want to work at a company where you feel like no one even cares? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you know, yes, people are some people are more private about their personal business and, and that's OK. But I've always found that when it comes to uh, the relationships of men and women working together, that men are definitely going to express themselves and their feelings more prominently when it comes to with women than it is with men. And that's uh, one of the benefits of being a woman in an indi- a male dominated industry. You're able to diffuse a lot of situations. True. Uh, it's not the same, you know, it's not that same male energy. We're not going to have like a pissing contest with each other. (laughs) Okay. Tell me what the problem is. Why are you upset? Like, what can we do? Right. And that right there is a pro to having more of us in the industry, right? Diffusion. (laughs) There'd be less of those. Yes. (laughs) 
Yes, for sure. And also, too, I think that women, we have a great intuition. And so we're able to pick up on situations where the problem may not be the problem. Like what you're expressing to me, that's what you're saying, but that's not really what the issue is. And so uh, we're able to have that conversation and kind of dial into what's really bothering you and how can we fix it versus when I send a man to do a woman's job. Right. (laughs) Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about your company. What do you do? I I would love for the audience to know what you do and um, what your business is made out of and just kind of give us a kind of a role playing idea of what your everyday life looks like in, in your business. Yeah, so LMS General Contractors, we do full structure demolition. So think hotels, schools, universities, things of that nature. We also do environmental services like asbestos, lead, mold, uh, COVID-19. And we do some disaster recovery work as well. So um, Mm -hmm. some on the consulting side, some administrative stuff. So we're licensed uh, throughout the Southeast and California. So a a typical day... uh, would encompass the crew being on the site, uh, doing abatement and demo activities, or uh, working in the office, admin style, and and doing (laughs) some consulting work uh, for various FEMA applicants and things of that nature. That's awesome. Are you a woman-owned business? Yes, we are. Okay. Woman-owned business. Good. Are you certified? As a woman-owned yes. business? Awesome. Yep. Awesome. W-E-M-B-E, <laughs> Yeah, you have them all. That's yeah, great. We're WSOB, we're, we're all the, you know, all of the minority and woman-owned certifications yet. Are you looking for uh, more connections and more opportunities for business? Of course not. Why, why would I do that? That's, why would I be in business? <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I ask is you're sitting here telling me all the things that you do. And I'm sitting here thinking of all the women owned businesses that I know. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to really get her hooked up with all these yes, wonderful women. Always, uh, I am always in the business of building relationships. I taught Good. an entire course about it. So I'm always in the oh, business. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Yes, I'm always in the business of acquiring a new business and, and working with great people. So you taught a course. I have to ask this question. Where is this course? Yes, I've, I've actually taught a few courses. One was building relationships, and that's really about just what it says, establishing uh, professional relationships online and in person, because that is the bloodline of your business. It's not about the sales and the products. It's really about who you know. And are you making the right connections with the right people? The other course is about uh, if you want to become a federal contractor and Mm -hmm. you look to do uh, federal work. And so both of those courses are with MT Copeland, but I also do uh, public speaking engagements about them as well. Awesome. Well, it's funny that I really didn't realize that you do a lot of federal contracting work. So um, that's right up my alley. I don't know if you know a lot about what I do during the day, but I work for 84 Lumber Company and I handle the women-owned business part of the company. We're women-owned. And so I get the opportunity to teach and share federal contracting opportunities with women and minorities who don't even realize that they're out there. Mm Mm-hmm. So really interesting. I love it. That's part of my passion too, is just to to get these women and minorities up to speed and having that 
plan AA so that they've got extra income coming in so they can grow their businesses. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. It, it's uh, the, the second course about getting certified is really about, it's definitely speaks to that. It's about getting women and minorities, their certifications for all the certifications we just named about yeah. how to do that and go through that process and what the benefits are. Because like you said, a lot of people don't even realize the doors that will open for them when it comes to Mm -hmm. I do federal work and you guys have a great site over here right across from Hard Rock in, yes. in, in South mm -hmm. Florida. So I just was over there the other day and I and I drove past and I said, hey. Yay. The Hard Rock Hotel, the big guitar. So. Yes, yes. Love that. Love South Florida. We we have a lot of business in South Florida, a lot going on there too. So it is, it is a place to be right now. I've been working with the WBEC South. Are you familiar with that? I am not. Okay. So the national certification is WeBank, W-B-E-N-C. Mm -hmm. And their regional partner in your area is called WBE South yeah. and BEC South. And we're actually putting together a program where we can help more women and minorities get involved and, and build those relationships and, and give them a tier type of stepping stone to be able to keep growing. Right. So we're actually working on that right now. I'm really excited about it. I'm on a little committee where we're trying to make things happen. So, oh, and that's in Florida. That. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, if you need any help or anything, yeah, oh, definitely I love that. I'm definitely going to call on you to, uh, <laughs> to talk to us a little bit once we get, <clears throat> we're trying to put the foundation together right now, but I would love for you to be a part of that. Yeah, I think that's an awesome, uh, definitely an awesome idea. And what people take for granted is that you don't know what you don't know. And so right. uh, yes. people, oh, I, I didn't know. I don't, you know, I get emails and uh, messages all the time. And people are like, well, I have this type of company. Can I get certified? And I'm like, yes, you mm -hmm. can. People just think you have to do one or two things. But there's so many, so many opportunities. You know, I have my uncle and his business, they sell office supplies to the federal government. And so I helped him get a certification for that. And it's like, people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, like, think quill, think. <laughs> yes. Like, what? Like, he's selling ink? He's making that much money selling ink? And then paper? I'm like, yeah, it's definitely possible. You don't oh, that's awesome. Do that. You don't have to do construction. Mm -mm. The other the other course of, that I'm most passionate about, of course, is my course that I created, It's Him, Not You, which is for women uh, in construction and in the male-dominated industries. And it's just really uh, dialing into how to navigate, how to stay in a field that you want to be in. I love that. Yeah. Women in construction, we are very brave. We are not naive to this uh, territory. But that doesn't mean that we want to deal with all the bull crap that comes along with it outside of work. And so uh, this class is just basically to say, hey, you're not alone. These are the things that I've done that have successfully worked for me and they can work for you as well. If if you want to be in a male dominated industry, you shouldn't mm -hmm. be penalized for, for loving math and science. Yeah, I love that. And there, and when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of people that loved math and science either. Not a lot of females that loved math and science. And actually, I still ran into that. <laughs> so I, I didn't love math and science. Oh, so. you didn't? Now I did. Mm -hmm. I no, loved it. I, I religiously failed math uh, <laughs> in school. 
And, uh, and basically me failing science is how I ended up in the construction industry. It was, I was going to college. I was at Georgia state to study uh, psychology and I couldn't get through statistics and so in <laughs> drugs and behavior. Those are the, that was my downfall, you know? And so that's what led me uh, to starting my construction career as a admin. I've worked as a secretary. So I said, oh, I'll just work here until I figure it out. And 15 years later, I, I kind of figured it out. But yeah. yeah. Oh, and wow. you like it, right? You like yeah. what you're doing now. And it's yours. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. But what I tell people too, what I also learned was that it wasn't that I wasn't good at math and science. It was that we all have different learning styles. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. the way that I was being taught was something that I couldn't retain. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, I'm a visual person. I, I need to like, it has to make sense for me. And so the reason I was able to get my engineering license was because I had done all the work prior to. I was using engineering skills that I didn't even know uh, engineer used, but I was able to apply that knowledge and then it made sense. And I was like, oh, okay. You need this amount of dumpsters. Okay. This is the square footage. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. Now I love math. That was easy. <laughs> that was easy, right? <laughs> At that point. The life applications, right? <laughs> so we've really loved this conversation. We love to have you back again because there's a lot of, a lot of really good information that you have that I think the world needs to hear. But in the meantime, can you tell our listeners how do, how do they get a hold of you if they need to do business with you? If they want to learn more about where your classes are, I definitely want to hear where that last class was on how to navigate a field where it is male populated. Absolutely. So uh, if you are on LinkedIn, then you can find me on Jennifer Todd MLS, uh, or you can Google me. I'm very easy to find, <laughs> but also mm -hmm. you can go to a greener .org or lmsgc.com to uh, find out about the services that we provide. But if you want the course information for It's Him, Not You, definitely go to my LinkedIn page and the link is there to uh, subscribe and get the course. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our audience today? You know, I think that you ladies are great and I love what you're doing and uh -huh. definitely need thank more you. of it. So thank <laughs> yes. you for representing for the industry. Thank you for your work. Thank you so much. We have so many wonderful women. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And I'm still going to fangirl just so you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and if you ever need us for anything, truly, yes. feel free. Like we're friends and we would love to be able to support you in anything that you have going on. We, we love what you're doing. And yeah. um, if there's anything we can do to support you, we want to. Thank you, everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Talk Construction podcast with your hosts, Christy Powell and Angela Gardner. See you next time.